Hello and welcome into this week's Recruiting Blitz. I am Senior Recruiting Analyst Greg Smith with Inside Nebraska, joined once again by our digital content extraordinaire, Jansen Coburn. Jansen, man, how are you this weekend? Doing good, Greg. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, definitely. Always, man. It, it, it's funny, even though it, it's kind of it's the off season. Technically, spring ball was too, but it's the off season from spring ball or post spring ball. But there's always a lot going on in recruiting. It's kind of the rivals camps are in full swing. Uh, a lot of eyes down on Dallas this weekend. As Nebraska has a lot of um, targets that are down there. I think there were double, double digit offer guys at that camp alone. I've been in contact with some of the guys down there, so expect to see some more news uh, about Nebraska and talk about Nebraska coming out of that. But we've got a full slate of recruiting blitz topics to get through today so Jansen what do you got yeah let's just pick up right where we left off it seems like every time we do one of these there's a new commit <laughs> they seem to trickle in the newest one was Keelan Smith you did a a video breakdown uh, about two minutes long and some of your key points he talked about he was a legacy guy uh, establishing that Kansas City pipeline and being an intriguing player overall so why don't you just kind of go a little more in depth with what you thought about his pickup yeah, I, I thought that this was a really good pickup for Nebraska. And I think first and foremost, and this is something that I, I was actually saying to our colleague Steve Mark um, a little bit before I found out that Keelan was going to commit in that I think that this is going to be something that happens with Matt Rule and this staff. And this being, there'll be guys that commit to the program that you didn't necessarily know or we hadn't talked about like as major targets that had visited a bunch, right? Even though he actually, Keelan Smith actually did visit. He told me ahead of time, ahead of his announcement that he actually visited back-to-back -back weeks during spring football um, to check out the program and he like a lot of kids was really impressed with the way that Nebraska runs their practices the physicality kind of the movement and we definitely got to see that when we were down at practice and how much how, how like fast things are moving and how many people are always shuffling around and it seems like everything is with intention and I think that that's something that'll continue to happen there will be guys that feel like they're off the radar that the staff has just been recruiting really hard and we just don't know about it. They do a good job of keeping that off the radar. Um, that's first and foremost. But when it comes to Keelan Smith as a player, I really like the pickup for a few reasons. Number one, I think he's the quintessential Matt Rule recruit. I really think that at six foot three, 200 pounds, and a guy that is still growing, obviously has great blood, bloodlines with his dad, Neil Smith, uh, former Husker great, NFL great, who, who was a defensive lineman. So he's probably still got some room to grow. It, he has really a lot of those athletic attributes that these guys like to the point to where he's recruited as a wide receiver. A lot of teams will recruit him as wide receiver, but Nebraska has told him that they think that he'll continue to grow into kind of that H back tight end role that they really like, um, which has become, it's funny, Steve and I were debating um, whether or not we can call the H back position, a sexy position for Nebraska. I voted no. It is not the same as like Rover or, you know, that Jack position on defense. So we're going to not say that the H-back is sexy, but it is fun, right? And I think that Keelan Smith could fit into that role very nicely for Nebraska moving forward. You know, they play a little bit of that fullback kind of, and that's... Yeah, I you think can't some be sexy as a fullback. Sexy, come on now. <laughs> yeah. He does the dirty work, so I guess you got a point there. Well, right. they're at, I think they're at, what is it, six commits now, so... Yeah. What did you predict? They'd be at over under 10 by June. So they're, they're I think getting, it's I think 10 by the end of June is what I'm calling for. They're getting close, but at the same time, as they're adding guys, they uh, they were we knew they were well over their scholarship limit and they had some attrition post spring ball. The window has since closed mm -hmm. and they didn't really make it out of that unscathed. I think there was a little bit of uh, some surprises that we can talk about right now. 
And it's just funny. I was talking to my cousin about this, about the transfer portal. He's a big college football fan too. And um, it seems like every year, every time the transfer portal opens up, there's some guys that we don't know are going to transfer, but we just know that someone's going to depart from the program where it, right. it turns some heads. So there, there's a few contenders for just a, a shocking or maybe surprising portal uh, departure from Nebraska. But uh, one of the one of the main ones, obviously, everyone was taken by surprise a little bit was Casey Thompson. So let's start with that one. What was your thought and what was your just reaction to the news that Casey was transferring? You know, it, it's interesting. It's it's not that it was such a huge shock that Casey was was transferring because you could kind of, in a one way, you could see the writing on the wall, right? You you saw Jeff Sims and what he brings to the table. He looks the part at six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. He's got a cannon arm. He's a really good athlete. Um, and can run the ball and extend plays with his legs and run kind of those RPO things that Satterfield wants to run in rule. Um, obviously within this offense. And you heard about the way you heard the way that the coaches spoke about him, right? In, in this spring so you're like okay where does Casey Thompson fit in in all of this as he's rehabbing you know as the former starter he would probably want it he wants at least a fair shake at it and so if he wasn't going to get that and and it really was going to be a, a situation where they wanted to turn it over to Jeff Sims it made sense then for him to seek a, an opportunity elsewhere so that's kind of where I landed I thought that it made sense for him to seek that opportunity but I totally understand what the uproar was from fans on the point of, hey, you want to have as much um, starting quarterback experience and depth as you can possibly get on Nebraska. We have seen for many years here now, it feels like I, I can't remember the last time a Nebraska quarterback actually started a season and started every game, right? It feels like Nebraska yeah. always has to go to the second, if not the third quarterback in a season. And that's not unique to just Nebraska. That happens all over the place, right? And so I think you get a little bit worried about that depth. But one of the points that I made uh, previously about this as well is that with the departure of Casey Thompson, another video that we have here on our YouTube channel with, with Zach Carpenter, one of the things that this also does with the departure of Casey Thompson to me is it gives you more kind of similarity within the quarterback room, right? And I think that that's important. I think it's important that everyone now is a dual threat quarterback that's in the room. You don't have to change your offense and build different types of offenses for different quarterbacks like we've seen in recent years. It's kind of a mismatch room in that quarterback room I think that could help going forward too yeah going into spring ball they had we knew that they had more quarterbacks than they probably intended to carry but they went from right. having some really solid depth I mean just between Jeff Sims and Casey they had two guys that had started at the power five level for many seasons and yeah. they were I'm sure they're expecting a really solid competition through fall camp and then you lose Casey you lose uh Richard Torres and Logan Smothers and now it starts to get a little thin as far as depth goes, and at least some people might look at it that way. So that brings me to another question, and is that do you think that Nebraska would need to go into the portal at this point for some depth and competition? And I'll add this question as a bonus that we we're going to add later. Why hasn't Nebraska at this point <laughs> added any transfers yeah, I, I think at, at the quarterback position, I, where they could add depth in competition is if Logan Smothers comes back. I, I reported um, a couple of times now that that the door is open for that to happen, and I still think that there's a 
better chance than not um, that he returned to Nebraska. And then he would, again, be another dual threat quarterback to slide into that room. And I think the coaching staff, just hearing things behind the scene, the coaching staff really likes Logan Smothers. And there's nothing not to like about him off the field, right? He's been a model teammate, already has his degree in hand. Um, He's just a really good kid. And I think that he wants a shot to come back and compete. Um, And if that works out, I think he'd be welcome back with open arms. So that's where your competition could come from. And it's a guy you're already familiar with. So that's a bonus. On the other side, when it comes to why hasn't Nebraska added more guys from the transfer portal, specifically on that offensive and defensive line? Because I think that that's where everyone kind of circles with this team right now. Of Those are the problem areas or the concerns heading into the season. And I would agree with that um, until you see it with your own eyes. It's simply put, it's a scholarship number situation, right? Like they're still trying to figure out how to get down to the 85 um, to be able to do that. I don't think that they're there quite yet. They're probably close. The reason that I say probably is what you'll notice is, and you have seen this, is that guys will make announcements that, hey, I'm entering the transfer portals. I'm going to seek opportunities elsewhere, but no one's going to announce, hey, I've retired from football or I've taken kind of that that medical package where, you know, that. I can go ahead and stay on scholarship and still get my stipend and all of that, but I'm just not on the football team. You're just not going to see announcements of that. So we're probably, it'll be until either we talk to Matt Rule again in like a press conference setting or all the way until when fall ball starts, whenever it is, when he gets to talk next will be when we get some real clarity on that. But you can rest assured the guys have done that and they just haven't announced it yet. So they could be at the 85, but either way, they're right up there against the scholarship number. And that's why you're not seeing them add guys when you when they do get down to that 85 mark where they have some flexibility to to add guys could you see them adding an offensive line or defensive line player where where do you think they would still need to add yeah, you know, it's interesting. We I would have thought they would want to add, like, especially another tackle on the offensive line. But Matt Rule was was pretty adamant in that post-spring game press conference, right, saying that he didn't think that they needed to do that and that the guys that they had, they were going to, you know, love them up, they were going to coach them up, and they were going to roll with those guys. On the defensive line, after seeing what we saw with some of those young guys, um, Cameron Linhart and Prince Will Luminellen and Maverick Noonan was kind of in the mix there in the spring game, maybe they don't feel like they need to add another guy you still have to remember that we have not seen ty robinson in this defense yet as well um and so he'll be coming back so maybe they don't i still think the sneaky spot to me where they could add a guy if if someone came available um that was you know fast enough to particularly is linebacker i still think that they want to continue to get more athletic at linebacker um and that's very very important in this 335 defense yeah so some other guys that entered the portal that kind of stung a little bit. One of them was AJ Allen. I I know the running back room was kind of crowded, but man, last year watching him, he was really talented and I'm sure he was, he had to have factored in the plan somehow, just whether it had been this year or down the road. But uh, what was your reaction to his announcement that he was transferring? That, that was a tough one. I, I think that of all of them, and this is not going out on some super limb here, I think of all of the departures, to me, this one was the toughest blow and honestly the most surprising one because I do think that he was in line to see playing time 
um, because of his talent and what we saw last year. We talked so much. Remember how much we talked when this staff first took over about whether they could keep A.J. Allen, right? And we know that other teams, um, legally or not, was trying to get involved and try to pry him away. Um, you know, the sneak disc to those other schools. We know that's happening. Shout out to Ernest Hausman. Um, and so <laughs> you, that happened. And so we know that, you know, A.J. Allen was somebody that this staff had to try and keep. They did for spring. And then all of a sudden, everything just kind of felt a little weird. Like you saw, even with like, we heard all of the praise for Gabe Irvin, and he's been a guy that has been front and center from the coaches, right? Whether solicited or not, asked about or not, like they've continuously praised Gabe Irvin. Um, we've heard about Ramir Johnson. Anthony Grant has been a guy that even though he kind of seemed like he started off in the doghouse and he was suspended to start the spring, which feels like ages ago, he came back and was back in the mix. So, but A.J. Allen never seemed to really get that same consistent praise from the coaching staff that some of those other guys did. So maybe he was actually down on the pecking order after they went through spring. And for the coaching staff, it's okay because they have running back depth there. It's just that, man, he he showed some flashes last year um, of being a really productive back. And I would have loved to have seen it behind like a solid offensive line. And hopefully you get to see that this year for the guys that they have. Yeah, and you just look at that depth chart as a whole, that running back room. I mean, yes, they lost A.J. Allen. They still got a lot of talent in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think some of that, I know the results that Frost delivered on the field weren't there, but one thing I, I would say about Scott Frost is he didn't leave the cupboards bare with talent on the roster. So they had – Yeah, there's had more talent here than people give it credit for. I would right. agree with that. Yeah. So, all right, Greg, we got one more question for you, okay. and it's – um another recruiting question with the, the high school ranks and it's an in-state player, Teddy Rezac out of Omaha West side. He picked up some big offers in his recruitments. Uh, we'll see if it blows up even more, but it definitely yeah. is heating up right now. He got a uh, Notre Dame in Missouri, I believe on the same day. Uh, yep. So first and foremost, what was the reaction when you saw that news? Yeah, it's first of all, it's always great to see kids from Nebraska get that kind of exposure. And one thing that I always talk about in those situations is this is a, it's a trickle down effect, right? From seeing other really good players at your high school kind of come through the ranks. Um, and then, you, you know, you've seen the Avante Dickerson's, the Kobe Bretts, even guys that are in um, Rezac's class, like a Caleb Benning, that have brought other that have brought coaches to see these games. Right. And then they get a look at these guys as well. Or when they come out for the spring evaluation period that's happening right now they're there to see them but then they also get a look at Rezac as well after seeing him on film then it kind of confirms his size or you know if they bump into him I think is what the rule currently states and they're able to talk to him um, and they get a good sense for him then they end up really liking him and they offer I think it's awesome that that happened that he got those offers um, he's a kid that is I find it really intriguing moving forward because he's got very good, he's got good size and athleticism and is still growing. So I wonder where exactly he fits in. I think he's going to be one of those kids as we move through the cycle, you're going to see like, if you see this one a few times a cycle where every school is recruiting him for something different. Um, remember the first guy that came to mind for some reason is Jaron Kanak from like a year or two ago um, out of Kansas. And it felt like, you know, there were a bunch of different positions. Malachi Coleman was like this as well. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think that Rizak can be like that. I think that if he were to start, if he starts to get Nebraska interest, I think that they'd look at him as like kind of that rover position, a guy or a guy that if he continued to grow, could grow into kind of an outside linebacker type. Um, he's a really good athlete, really intriguing player. And I'll be curious to see what happens with him moving forward. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about him much on the show, obviously, because he's not really had much involvement with Nebraska. But now with the offer, this scenario kind of reminds me of a potential scenario like the one that happened with Cade McIntyre last spring. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who offered Cade first, but someone went in, then Nebraska went in. I don't know if Nebraska was first, but then a bunch of offers came in and he just blew up in the middle of the spring. Yeah, so do you think that Teddy Rezac could be in line in the in a similar fashion where Nebraska could now feel incentivized to offer and take notice that Notre Dame and Missouri are offered? How do you see this uh, shaking out? Yes, this is it's a in a weird way. This is it's an awkward situation because you you would like to think that in Nebraska, for Nebraska that they would have evaluated him. And then if they liked him, they just go ahead and pull the trigger. And we've seen this from Nebraska already under Matt Rule. They are not afraid to be first um, on people's recruitments. Um, and so that's why it's a little bit surprising that he has not had more Nebraska um, involvement. And so I do think that it's going this is going to force Nebraska's hand because of what Matt Rule has already said. He does not want these talented in-state guys to get out of the state. And then you look up and these guys are playing very well on Saturdays and then potentially on Sundays. He wants those guys to stay here. And this is going to be really one of the early tests of that. Part of the problem, though, is, and you can totally understand this, if you're Teddy Rizak, you don't want to look up and go, why are you guys just offering me right now after these (laughs) other schools now have put their hat, thrown their hats in the ring, right? But it's up to kind of Ed Foley and, you know, Matt Rule and those guys to really, you know, build that relationship and make him understand kind of what happened. So I'll I'll be fascinated to see how that goes, because these these situations pop up. It feels like a couple of times a year with those scholarship offers. And McIntyre's a great call on that because Nebraska was not able uh, to make up ground on kind of Oklahoma and what they were able to build with him. And we'll see if Nebraska can get back into this if they choose to uh, with Teddy Reza. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how all that shakes out and we'll we'll definitely keep tabs on it. So yeah. um, for that, we that's all we got for today, Greg. And we'll keep watching to see what offers come out and what uh, guys commit. And hopefully we'll have some more to talk about here in the future. But that's all I got for you. Yeah, it's, a, it's always always stuff going on as the coaches are out on the road, um, kind of offering what feels like a lot of Texas guys as well. I'll have more on that uh, coming up on the site as well uh, to see kind of where these coaches have been and kind of the impactful things that have been going on out there. And like we mentioned before, more to come also out of these rivals camps, the one in Dallas this weekend, too. So make sure you guys like and subscribe to this to this YouTube channel, like this video, subscribe to the channel uh, so you can get these videos directly in your feed. Check out InsideNebraska.com for continued recruiting football and baseball coverage as well. And we'll catch you guys next week.